Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us today. And good morning to everyone who's watching online as well. If you notice, we have two roses at the altar today. Um, first row here we have is for Jonathan Lane Eccles, new baby born into the life of the church. Parents are Mark and Becca Eccles. That's Becca Ray. Everybody knows Becca Ray. And then uh, grandparents are Deborah and Richard Ray. The other rose at the altar, another baby born into the life of the church, Saba Roberts Reeves. Um, parents are Josh and Leslie Reeves. Grandparents are Gail and Benny. <laughs> so give them a congratulations. Um, this Wednesday night is the church picnic from 5 to 7. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be hot dogs, hamburgers. Uh, the, kin, the kids are singing. Uh, so that's going to be great. Um, also want to let you know that the Sarah Rayburn Johnson Memorial Scholarship um, Mother's Day roses sale is happening. Um, donations of $20 or more. They will have roses at the altar on Mother's Day. And all the do donations support the Early Learning Center for scholarship assistance. So that's really exciting as well. Wednesday the 17th, the youth are going bowling. And I want to let you know that uh, Vacation Bible School is in the works so see Catherine after church and let her know all of the ways that you want to you help out. John Freeman is leading the singing, I heard, for Vacation Bible School, so that's exciting. Um, and my last announcement is this podium right here, you see how big this podium is? It's heavy, it's massive. We have to move it out after the service because the Early Learning Center has their graduation. So don't let me forget, we have to move this right after service, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can be here to worship together uh, today. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he said it's more blessed to give than receive, let's prepare our hearts to give our morning offering. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the good and perfect things which you give to us. Over and over again, you shower us with blessings. Our response to that is to give our hearts to you, to give our bodies and our minds in service to you, our hands and our feet, to be your hands and feet, and to give these tithes and offerings to be a blessing to others. Take them and use them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
please be seated. Pastor Andy did something a few weeks ago. I'm going to steal this from you, Pastor Andy. I want you to, to say out loud something that you're very thankful for this morning. This church. Who's thankful for the music? Yes. Who's thankful for all these, all these uh, second graders, second grade Bibles we have up here on the... Yeah, okay. And our graduating seniors, we have so much to be thankful for and sometimes we get caught up in, in just, uh, oh God, please help me. But we also do, we want your prayer request, but we also want to celebrate and we also want to say thank you, Lord. So will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, we do celebrate. It is a, a mighty and awesome thing to worship together in this place with your body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for all of the reasons we have to celebrate for the rising second graders and for the graduating seniors, for just another day of life that you've given us, for all the answers to prayers, for the hope that you give us, even in the midst of troubled times. God, we ask now for your sustaining grace for those that are having a hard time on the journey. We ask for your healing for those that are struggling with, with illness now, for your comfort for those who are struggling with grief, for your guidance, Lord, for those who are lost without a way to go. And God, just shed your grace upon us and upon our world as we turn our hearts to you today. Open the eyes of our hearts for your word today that we may learn something that would draw us closer to you and closer to one another. Teach us today to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. bunch of second graders, rising third graders that are going to receive their Bibles today. So uh, we're, it's exciting. So tell us about it, Miss Catherine. All right. Good morning. Um, I just, before I go onto my script, I want you to take a notice at how many Bibles we have up here. And these are just our second graders in our children's ministry. So I just want to make a note at how our children's ministry here at the church is thriving and growing. And our next big event is our vacation Bible school and the children need you to help and to lead them and teach them and um, it's exciting. So um, if you get a chance, you can come up and, and look at their names and I ask that you pray for them over the next year as they get their Bibles. 
So each year, every child that has completed second grade is presented with a Bible on behalf of Gazem First United Methodist Church Children's Ministry. I ask that the church body pray for these children throughout the year as they read their Bible, learn scripture, and apply it to their daily lives. I will announce all the children's names, and if you are present here at church, please make your way to the altar and receive your Bible. Once I've called all the names, please stay here so we can pray over the children and their upcoming school year. Fletcher Beckett. Danny Bone. Chloe Cameron. Asher Mae Collins. Sawyer Cornett. Quinn Darden, Sarah Eccles, Hadley Freeman, Clementine Hilburn, and Sarah Kate Thornburg. And if you guys will stay up here, I'll give you your Bible, and Pastor Sam will pray for us. And now let's pray for them. Father, we're so thankful for this accomplishment and for all that went into it, for all the encouragement that parents and grandparents gave, for all of the good teachers they had, for uh, Miss Catherine and our children's program. And God, I pray that as they receive your word, that they would just apply it to their hearts and that this would be a, a beginning of a lifelong love of the scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now we got something else special we're going to do. We have uh, two graduating high school seniors that we are going to honor, and we're going to show you just a little bit of some cute baby pictures and as, as well as current pictures. So enjoy this. I think um, on our last Sunday here, they ought to get some baby pictures of us with spinach all over our face and stuff like that to show. Don't you think that? Okay. 
we'll work on that. Uh, our children are going to go to Children's Church right now, and they'll follow Miss Catherine over here to my left and to your right. And then we are going to sing our hymn of preparation. It's number 163, Ask You What Great Thing I Know. Stand as you're able and help us sing. Ask you what great thing Our scripture today comes from John chapter 14. If you will look up on the screen, you should find the scripture there, or there's a pew Bible right in front of you, or you can just listen. John chapter 14, we'll be reading verses 1 through 14 and verses 25 through 27. Jesus said these words, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way in the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, 
verses 25 through 27. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom God will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my devotions that I read this last week, uh, there was a quote that really stuck in my heart from a Benedictine and a Celtic scholar named Esther DeWall. And it goes like this. Life is a succession of thresholds to be crossed. I'll say that again. Life is a succession of thresholds to be crossed. So the reason this resonates so much with me, I got to think about we're we're either approaching the next threshold of our lives, or we have already gone across that threshold and we're looking back on the threshold we just crossed. Or it could be that we are standing right on top of the threshold, uncertain and afraid and wondering, now how's this going to work? Um, and this is just my opinion, but I think it's true. May is the most thresholdy month of the year. And let me explain what I mean by that. I did just make that word up. It's so thresholdy because this is graduation time. We're celebrating our high school graduates today, this Sunday. It is, high school graduation is such a big threshold. We're giving Bibles to our rising third graders. It's such a big threshold to finish the school year and to be ready for the next school year. It is a thresholdy time of year, I say. And here's another reason. For United Methodist preachers, this is the absolute most thresholdy time you can have. Annual conference is coming up in June. New appointments are, are people are going to new appointments, pastors are new appointments, churches welcoming new pastors and their families, pastors welcoming new churches and all of that. It's exciting, but at the same time, it's scary to go across that threshold. Our own little family, I'll tell you what, you talk about thresholds. We had one to graduate from the University of Alabama yesterday. Well, y'all weren't waiting on me to say Roll Tide, were you? All right. Yeah, I was waiting on that. And we have one next week that will graduate from Duke University. I don't even know what they say up there. Blue Devils or something? No, we are so proud of both of them. And then we have one that will be entering a culinary program at Jefferson State Community College this fall, which is exciting because we love to cook and we love to eat. Oh, yeah, and we're moving, we're packing boxes, and I'm retiring. So I am standing on about as many thresholds as you can stand on, and I am definitely saying to myself, now, how's this going to work? I have no idea. Life is a succession of thresholds. And can I mention just one more? This is the big threshold. Last Tuesday, our friend Jane Herb crossed the threshold of life into eternity.
I'm sure you heard. You've been praying for the Herb family like I have. But Jane crossed over last Thursday, that last threshold. And we will honor her, um, her by, with a celebration of life on May the 18th at 6 here in our church. But we can't cross that threshold yet. It's, it's not our time. It's going to be our time someday that we can cross that same threshold she crossed over. In the meantime, though, what we're going to do is love and support Butch and the family. And we're going to celebrate her crossing. So death is the final threshold. We have no idea how we're going to hand that, handle that one. So that's why we turn to the gospel. That's why we turn to the same scripture that we're handing our second graders this week. Jesus and his disciples have been celebrating the Passover in the upper room in John chapter 14. They've been there celebrating. If you think about thresholds, the Passover was a celebration of the blood of Christ applied to the threshold and it celebrated, it celebrated every year and they were celebrating in the upper room and on a threshold Jesus is trying to prepare them for what's going to be coming up it's not going to be easy for one thing Pastor Andy they're going to have to adjust their attitudes you know how we have to adjust our attitudes sometimes because they went into the upper room fighting over who was the greatest among them and while they're doing that, Jesus takes off his robe, wraps a towel around his waist, and washes their dirty feet and says, will you just look at the example I'm setting for you? They were frightened. They were confused because Jesus said, I'm about to cross over the threshold. I'm about to go back to the Father. You can't cross this threshold with me yet. Your time is going to come, but I'm going to leave you for now. And their hearts were troubled. And in John 14, Jesus gives them what I like to think of as the last will and testament. Usually, the last will and testament is something that's read by the attorney, maybe, to the family after all, everything's all said and done. This time, Jesus said, here's what I'm going to give you. Here's what I'm going to leave to you, my followers. And by extension, this is the happy part, by extension to all of us. The, the first is just some instructions to, to have a calm heart in the middle of all this. As I said, their hearts were troubled. They had every reason to be troubled. It's understandable they were troubled. Jesus had just told them he was crossing over the threshold, going back to the Father. He just told them that one of them would betray him. So they're wondering, okay, what, how, is it me? Is it you? Is it him? He had told them that they were all going to deny and desert him as much as they didn't think they were going to do that. They were, and they were going to be by themselves for a while. They were going to have to wait. So it was troubling, and he said, I'm going to ask you to have a calm heart. How can they do that? How, could they, how, can, they do, how can they have a heart that's at ease when all of the world around them seems to be falling apart. Well, that's where the next thing comes into play. Jesus said, I just want you to believe in me. In order to do this, you're going to have to believe in me just like you believe in the Heavenly Father. For this uncertain time of your life, you're just going to have to trust me. You're just going to have to trust me. 
And then this next thing he leaves, this is an exciting thing. He leaves a promise for a future home. In my father's house are many mansions. I can't read this without thinking the King James Version. In my father's house are many mansions. A better translation is many dwelling places. Many dwelling places. And then Jesus says, if it were not so, what I've told you, I wouldn't pull your leg about this, in other words. When I go to prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come and get you, and then we'll cross that, that threshold together. And I'll take you to the place where I've prepared for you. I was just thinking about how awful it is. And you've probably experienced this at some point in your life. How awful it is to hear the words, there's no place for you. There's not enough room. You're going to have to leave. You're not welcome here. Isn't that just about the most awful thing you can hear? Doesn't that just make your throat seize up and have a, a, just a hard pit in your stomach? It's, it's humiliating. It's, it's terrible, demoralizing. But then the flip side of that, how heavenly it is to hear this. You're welcome here. There's plenty of room for you. Not only you, but your friends. Not only you and your friends, but every tribe and every nation you're all welcome. There's plenty of dwelling places in my father's house. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. Do you know what I think about when I think about hearing that Jesus is going to prepare a place? I think about, and many of you have been through this before, fixing up the nursery. That's what we call it in the South, fixing up the nursery. And I think about uh, how, how important it is, how critical it is to pick just the right color and, and the, the furniture and how we're going to arrange things. And then the little fuzzy things that hang over the, the crib, the, the mobile, I think, you know, got to fig figure out what, what kind of mobile to have and a little wind-up thing with the music and the lighting. All of that, and in the midst of all of that, you're just grinning from ear to ear, and you're excited because you know that somebody's coming, and you're just preparing the place. And that's what I think Jesus is doing for us, choosing just the right thing, just the right everything, just knowing that we're coming and smiling all the time, thinking about when we cross that threshold. He promises a future home. Here's another thing he leaves us, and this is so important because here we are in the midst of life and Jesus leaves us a way to live. He leaves us a way to live. Thomas, good old doubting Thomas, verses five and six says, Lord, how can we know the way? You said we know the way. We don't know the way. How can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And it's very noteworthy that Jesus didn't say, I'm going to tell you about the way. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you about life. Jesus said, I am those things. In me, you have the way. In me, you have the truth. In me, you have the life. So knowing that you can't follow me across the threshold yet into eternity, in the meantime, you follow the example I've given you. Jesus tells them, it's simple, but it's not easy. Let me say that again. It's simple, but it's not easy. 
So if we want to know the way, Jesus said, follow me. Do what I do. You want to know the truth? I'm the truth. We get all hot and bothered, don't we? Over doctrine and practice and how we do things and the way we do things. And, but, but really, only one thing should be our focus, and that is Jesus. Because at the end of the day, if what we say and what we do and what we believe and what we teach and how we live and how we treat each other and how we welcome each other, if none of that looks like Jesus, then all of the religious stuff we do is not going to matter a bit, is it? We're following something, but we're not following the way. We're doing something, but we're not knowing the truth. We're moving towards something, but it's not life and light. So, as I said, simple but not easy. So how in the world are we going to do this? How are we going to do, like Jesus said in verse 12, greater things than he did? We're going to need some help. And Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, Jesus says, The Father will send in my name the Comforter, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, depending on your translation, God's living presence in us, empowering us to do what we can't do, leading us to go where we don't know through the Holy Spirit. The Lord will be with them and is with us, with all believers, though he's no longer with us in the flesh. And how does that work? We're not exactly sure. The disciples certainly didn't know. They would find out more on the day of Pentecost. But until then, until we know what we don't know, we wait, don't we? And we watch and pray. Isn't that hard to do? You're standing on the threshold to wait? Yes, it's hard. It's hard. And then the final thing that Jesus leaves in his last will and testament is so wonderful. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give you the same thing the world gives. Life is a succession of thresholds. In Jesus' day, it was very common for when a person crossed into a threshold, coming into the room, for that person to say, shalom, peace, as a greeting. Or when a person was leaving a room, leaving behind the people in that room, they would say shalom as a way of saying goodbye. That was common. It was cultural. It was... But Jesus said, I'm giving you something different. I'm not giving you a casual shalom. I'm leaving you my peace. My peace doesn't mean an absence of trouble. No way. They were going to have lots of trouble. It doesn't mean an escape. I'm running off and hiding and not facing things. It doesn't mean that at all. It means a calmness of heart in an untroubled and unfearful heart, even in the midst of the storm and loss, and even in the midst of the scariest thing of all, change. Even in the midst of change. We don't like it, do we? So today we uh, celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion and remember the Passover, the celebration Jesus had with his disciples the one where he gave them and gave us his last will and testament. We remind ourselves at this Passover celebration 
It's something we do over and over again. We do this often. We celebrate the sacrament often because, why? Because life is a succession of thresholds. We're always passing over. We are. The bread and cup reminds us of his command to us to have a calm heart, that he's promised us a future. He's given us an example. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and he gives us his peace. We can't explain it, but we can experience it. And then the beautiful reminder that there's plenty of room at the Lord's table. I want to invite you to turn with me in your hymnal to the service of Word and Table 2. You can find it on page 12 in your hymnal, or you can follow along on screen. And as we're preparing, I want to remind those who are worshiping with us by live stream that you can use whatever you have on hand at home or wherever you are and you can celebrate communion with us today. We are connected to you even though we're not in the same room. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's Lord towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Now let's continue with the great thanksgiving in the middle of page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty Father, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. I want to give you a couple of um, words of instruction. We um, traditionally serve at, at the altar rail and you are invited to come, everyone who is here and all are welcome at the Lord's table. You don't have to be a member of this church or of any church. All you have to do is have a heart that's hungry for God and you're welcome at the Lord's table. Uh, it's our tradition to kneel, but if your hips or your back uh, or your knees don't allow that, just come and stand. You won't be the only one. It's fine, really. And we will even come and serve you at your seat if you need to. We want to accommodate you in any way that we can. Uh, we will serve our choir first as they, they'll, they'll come down and receive the elements first. And then the ushers will direct you um, on, on when to come. The final thing is, it's our tradition to leave uh, a communion offering on the altar rail. If God leads you to do that and you're able, just uh, leave your offering on the, the rail. And what that goes for is our local missions fund. We receive calls on a daily basis, people asking for help, and that's what our communion offering goes for. The body of Christ, given for you. blood of Christ shed for you. Rise now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
of Christ broken for you. The body 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 of Christ broken for you. Arise now and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Arise now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
body of Christ broken for you. The 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 body of Christ broken for you. Now rise and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Okay, I, I told you this was a special Sunday. This was a uh, uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but for also one more special reason. Um, a few years ago, uh, and this is what happens when you invite your neighbors to come to church. The Abney's invited this, this young man who moved to our, our uh, city and moved into their neighborhood named Ray Macon. If he, would, if he would come to church with, they're like, hey, you don't have a church? Come to our church. And, you know, sometimes it takes. Sometimes people actually do. And we have been privileged over the last few years. Ray, are you making your way down? Come on around. We, we've been privileged the last few years of, of getting to know Ray. He, he's um, got so many different talents and has lived, lived such an interesting life. And we are proud to welcome him since he comes around here. He's coming. There we go. We are proud to welcome him as a member of our church family. He comes to us from another United Methodist Church, so we just simply ask you this. Ray, will you be loyal to this church, and will you support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Yes, with all my heart. Then we welcome you as a part of this church family. 
If you haven't already met Ray, then I encourage you to, to meet him. Hang around a little bit. I think he's going to go back upstairs and sing with the choir. Uh, okay, we got one more to go, but uh, Ray, we're so happy to have you. And uh, so that, that be a lesson to all of us. Invite your neighbors to come to church. Acolytes, will you come and take our, our light out ahead of me? And congregation, will you, will you stand? And join me as we prepare for our benediction. This benediction. Lord, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Grant that by the power of the Holy Spirit and fed and nurtured by these elements, we might go forth to give ourselves for others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.